0: Here. Yes. Test, test, test. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. How, how you feeling today? Oh, you could say good better than that. Hi. All right. This is really if tight, I can, huh? it, there go. There we go. All right. Um, give it up for Denise. Always. <laughs> the energy. The energy. If she was in a hip hop cipher, we would call it a hype, hype man. <laughs> Hype woman. Um, So yeah, uh, before I get started, I I wanted to just give you an update. We started out the year, this year, with a heart and a goal to just really uh, seek the heart of God and do justice in our community. If you guys remember, we did the Worship and Justice Sermon Series, we did the survey and and just said, where does the heart break for God in our community, and and we didn't just want to be Talking about it, but we wanted to be about it. We wanted to be present. Uh, We wanted to really love our neighbors and know our neighbors. And so, I just got an update for you. I'm really, I'm really grateful. We launched after the sermon series. We launched the what we call Seek Just Action Initiative, uh, based on Isaiah 117, where it says, "Learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed." And uh, we launched in March. And so now we're about five months out, and we've just been seeing God move in a great way. Uh, I'm so grateful for how God has moved through our church, through members of our church being present. And, and what, we, what we did was we connected with our partners that are already doing great work. And, and uh, just asked, how can we serve? How can we support? And we've been mentoring, uh, tutoring, uh, partnering with food with our children and food pantries, Uh, Ravenswood Community Center and the Tenant Association uh, right here is a we have a QR code where you can kind of get the details of 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 there we go right there you can scan it and they're also downstairs but we've just been so grateful for how God has been moving and how God has been just blessing us to get deeper into our community and be a part of what's going on and the partners have just been grateful you know what they do is is hard work and 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 uh, they don't get celebrated enough. And so I'm just grateful for our church, for all those that are hitting the grounds, for those that are praying for us. Um, I'm just grateful for this church uh, of doing justice and being about God's business. And so with that said, we are reopening the registration today for those that may want to serve in the fall. All right, we're opening it today. So you can scan it. We'll also get it to you. Make sure you have the information. It's on the newsletter. And uh, uh, also, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention, we, we also are creating program. We've also created a new program, a uh, game development program in the community center. And, and it's been great for middle school kids. So I just, I like to cover it all, but you'll see it in the, in, in the newsletter. But God is moving. If you want to join us in the fall, please join us and uh, continue to pray for us. All right? So thank you again for your support. So, yeah, give a round of applause. All right, let's get started. Uh, did you guys uh, bring these things, these, these Bibles, as, as Christian asked us to? Um, I'm going old, old school today. I, I, I'm front. I didn't bring my Bible. I stole this from the youth downstairs. This is, not my, this is not my Bible, but, um, but we're going we're gonna to go in it, and uh, I, I'm going old school. I got my notes today. My iPad wouldn't charge up, so we're going. only thing is I don't got the mic, so, but um, let's get started. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy. Thank you for who you are. Uh, Lord, I, I just pray that you meet us today and you speak to our hearts. Um. About our treasure, God, I, I pray that uh, you plant seeds, you water seeds, and and fruit, cause it to grow, Lord God. Meet us where where we need where we need you, Lord God. In this message, we thank you and we love you so very much. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. All right. So, as Denise said, we have been in a powerful sermon series called Life As It Should Be, uh, sermon on the mount, uh, where we're unpacking one of Jesus' most famous sermons, where he goes to class. He, class is in session, and uh, he is unpacking how his vision, which is the only vision that truly matters, <laughs> about how life should be. And any you're listening to someone that made life, it, it'd be good to listen to him about life. Um, and so we're going to start from Luke 19. Luke, why am I saying Luke? Matthew. Matthew 6 and 19. I'm gonna a little, only a couple of verses today, but it's a lot to unpack. Um. 19 reads, I'm going to use this book, all right, here we go, if I can get there, look look at that, look, it's been so long, all right, do not store for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and vermin destroy where thieves break in and steal. But store for yourselves treasures in heaven where moss and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 22, the, light, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Amen. One of my favorite passages. And I just love that we're doing this series. And I love where this is at. I just got to say it. The Sermon on the Mount. There is a simple, powerful beauty to the Sermon on the Mount. Just that alone, it speaks volumes, right? It, it's, it says something about Jesus, something about the audience, something about the moment. Because it's, it's not the sermon in the royal palace It's not the sermon on the grand stage. It's not the sermon where there's a a parade. But this is a sermon on the mount. No designated seats. Right? Jesus, I just see Jesus wiping the wiping the dust off the rock, sitting on the rock. They didn't pull out a grand chair for him as, as, as the royal king that he is, but he just sits down on the rock and everybody else there's no designated seats there's no bouncers at the door screening invitation list they they're all invited to this sermon and the king of kings is sharing heart to heart with them and the 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 richest the most powerful the most beautiful they're not they're not getting you know dibs on the seats here it's just everybody is present and i just i just love that about Jesus. No no competition, no no politics. It's just Him giving us what life is about. And so in the past couple of weeks he he admonishes us, He encourages us, gives us the Beatitudes, tells us results and a lot of the light of the earth. He gives us revelation about the law and the fulfillment of the law. It talks about those things that are that are crucial to us whether it be oaths, whether it be murders, whether it be marriages. He goes into our relationship, our prayers. And today, he gets kind of, I don't want to say deeper, but he keeps going. And where he's talking about treasure. Now, when you look at this text, it's usually, it's broken into three sections, 19 to 21, 22 Uh, to 23 and then 24, but it's all connected in a beautiful way. Jesus gives us three pictures, three portraits, metaphors if you will, to, to illustrate a powerful point around treasure, around treasure. So we're going to pause for a second. I want you to just think about what is treasure to you. What is most valuable to you and your life? Now, Jesus starts out the gate, and he says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. He's giving us instructions. And so I like to, I, I, I say it's, he gives us two signs. One, a stop sign, do not. And then verse 22, then verse 20, uh, verse 21, Uh, I'm sorry, verse 20, he gives us a go sign. So I like to see it as a do not sign, do not go here. And then I like to see it this way sign, right? And what does he say? He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on the earth. And some some translations read uh, rust and some vermin. We'll explain what that means. But he says, "Do not lay for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and dust destroy." He immediately gives us an instruction, and he doesn't just give us an instruction; he tells us why, right? So he so he says, "Don't store these treasures up," and and why? Because they're they're not sustainable. And, and there's three reasons. So, so what is moth? What is dust? What, what, is, what is that connected to? Well, back then, treasure, they saw treasure in three ways. They saw treasure through gold. Think of the three Gs, through gold, through garments, and through grain, right? And so that's where the moth comes in. The moth can destroy your precious garment that you've sustained for so long. The rust can destroy the gold that you preserve. We get the picture that somebody is burying their treasures. They're putting them away. They didn't have uh, banks like us. But when I read this, I get. I, I, when I see not sustainable, when I see vulnerable, when I see this, Jesus is showing us that what you think is precious can easily be stolen, taken, loses value. And while I was doing this sermon, my mind went back to my first job. Well, it wasn't my first job. My, my first job out of college was actually, I got hoodwinked into a, t- into a telemarketing job. <laughs> I, I should have known something was wrong when they gave me the job after the interview, right? But my second job was actually in a bank for Bank of New York. I had to get out of there real quick I got <laughs> I had to get out of the telemarket i couldn't. couldn't I could only take so so much cursing. people have me. Um, but my real job first job was uh, was at the bank of New York, which is no more it's now Chase, and uh, I had to do something with my with my business degree, which you know when you get a business degree it's like There's really, it's like ambiguous of what you can do. There's no direction in it, right? But I had this heart to try to help people and make money. And that's what they told me, business degree can help and I'm minor in social work. Neither here nor there. But the first job was banking. And uh, I worked on the platform. And at that time, the platform was very important. It's not, it wasn't a lot of mobile banking. I'm feeling old right now. You come in, you want to open an account. I was one of the persons that you would see, right? And so when you when you work at a bank, you have to have a lot of poise, you have to have a lot of calm, you got to be very professional, because it can be very intense. People are very emotional about their money. Not only that, it's, I mean, you got the, the huge vault that you go into, you got a double count with the tellers. You got to know the the protocol if you get robbed, right? You, you know people come in the security guys that got guns. Right? It, it's 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 fortified in a certain way. Certain people get fired for stealing. It's intense. It's a lot going on, but you can learn a lot about society just by being one day at a bank and who we are, right? And 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 what is the the, the treasure and and the two things that I remember first is. FDIC insured like $500,000. I was like, I asked manager, what does that mean? Well, he said, it means if somebody, you know, it means this bank will cover your money up to this amount if something happens, if the building burns down, if something happens with our accounts, we will cover, we will ensure that you have this money still, right? And so that was supposed to cover you and something happens. And the second thing I remember while I was writing a sermon was the safety deposit box. I never knew what a safety deposit box was until I started working at a bank. And a safety deposit box is in the vault. One, you, we have a key, and somebody else has a key. You come in, you insert it at the same time. It's like a, a mission impossible. You insert it at the same time. You open it, and you turn away. They get whatever precious and valuable to them out of their box, and then you keep on moving, right? There's this, there's this fort people are trying to create for what they esteem as valuable and precious. And it's the same thing back then that we have today where Jesus is saying, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. There's nothing that you can do that can protect the treasure. And so, and then, what does he say? He, he says, Store up treasures in heaven for yourselves where moths and vermin do not destroy. So he tells us, okay, so don't lay up for yourselves. Now, again, for yourselves, treasure. Is Jesus talking about don't save money, don't don't have a saving account? No, he's not talking about that. There's other places in the Bible that show it's good to be wise with your money. There's other places to talk about God grants wealth, right? There's other things that help us to know that Jesus is not necessarily talking about live by the moment, um, don't save. He's getting at something deeper. And verse 20 tells us that, but store for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. (laughs) So even out of its natural compromise, if it doesn't if it doesn't get caught by the moths, if it doesn't get caught by rust or vermin, vermin was was rats, mouses, that goes to the grain part of the treasure that I was talking about. If it doesn't get caught by those, thieves can come in and steal it. <laughs> so there's no safety, really. But Jesus gives us where true safety is. And so, but how do you... How do you store treasures in heaven? Nobody has a ladder to heaven to go put your goods away. I think we all kind of know we don't have that that access physically to put the treasures away. So what, what is he talking about? Again, he's trying to give us a picture and a value. And to understand that, we have to understand what is treasure. Treasure equals value and hope. Where you place your security at. You see, it's not—it's the gold, but it's not the gold. Gold is just an earth mineral. It is humans that said this thing is valuable and this thing is gonna give you something back. You see, it's what does the gold, what does the treasure mean to you? What's under it? Right, if I, if, if, if I take out a, a $5 bill, and we all look at that $5 bill. It's the same $5 bill, but we all may look at it a little bit different. Some of us may see the $5 bill as a, a social. Socially, I can go out and get some Starbucks with a friend. Somebody may see it as um, security. I can save a little bit more. Somebody may see it as prestige. I got money. I got cash. You can't tell me nothing, right? There, there's different things that we see money as. There's different things that it provides to us based on our past and our experiences. And so we're not just looking at the treasure. We're looking at what our heart is towards the treasure. And that's why he says, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And so if you ever want to find where your heart is, if there was a GPS and there was a direction, all you gotta put is treasure. <laughs> and we can find where our heart is. And what is the heart? The heart is our is the seat of our emotions, the center of us. That which is our our our, our essence. And so I've when when we're talking about Treasure, we're talking about values. We're really talking about, I think, in the the bigger umbrella is security. What do we feel is securing us? What is holding you? What on, on a rainy day for you, what do you think is your security? Because this is very interesting because Jesus is talking to people that are not necessarily rich. He is not at the banquet where everybody can give $1,000 or $1,000 denarii. He's talking with people that are poor, that are working class, people that might depend on this treasure a little bit more than others. And so this is something that's very sensitive that Jesus is dealing with. And again, it's not about the money, it's about what do you think the money provides? Our treasures today, what does that look like? Could look like a job, could look, some people like the job, employment, that's where we spend a lot of time at. Our income. Much idolatry and many altars are built around the career place. could be talents and skills, could be your source of treasure, a means to gain money and security. And so this is something for us to assess because I love it because Jesus is not just telling us what not to do. Jesus is giving us the why, he's giving us insider information, but more so he's trying to protect us. You ever seen that situation, that friend that, that may be going into a relationship that you know is not good for them and your heart is just breaking because you know they're not, they're not getting the love that they want out of this relationship? or that thing that somebody keeps doing. I know uh, growing up, my grandmother, she used to have a whole stack of books for lottery. <laughs> and, you know, of course, every number was her number. You know, if it, if it didn't hit, it was, it was her number that she was gonna play. But there was a lot of hope placed in that, right? And so assessing and this is where God is trying to stop us from going down that narrow path. Jesus is raising up what's, what we consider the most valuable, precious thing to us. That we feel like it will help us survive. And saying that that's, that's not it. There's another treasure that will sustain you. There's another treasure that will give you the security that you're looking for. The hope that you're looking for. The value that you're looking for. I wanna I wanna dive into a little bit what how we interpret this passage in storing treasures in heaven. Some interpret the passage as kind of like doing good works is connected to your heavenly rewards um, that God has promised us. I, I sort of don't I can see where they go and why they get there, but I I interpret it a little bit differently. I, I see treasures and rewards as a little bit different. Because this passage screams to me a realignment of values. What are you valuing? And not that the value is wrong, but are you valuing it above God? Are you valuing it above your Savior? And that takes an inventory. You can't just say, I mean, we all want to say, I put God first. I put God first. God is my security. God is my value. But we have to look at our actions. We have to ask God to look at our actions. Because we, we play cover for ourselves. <laughs> we make excuses for ourselves, and, and those same excuses is, is how we judge others. And so we have to ask God, like David did, God, try the reins in my heart. But when we talk about values, I I like to think of it as who are we paying for security for? Where do we store our trust for our needs and our desires? You could either place your trust in money, temporal, earthly treasures that have some good to them, have some fun to them. There are some good things that come, but they have an expiration Or you can place your trust in God's home. I love it because God has given us the keys to heaven to place those valuable things in his home. And he says, I got you. These are good. These are are protected. God is realigning our values. And so where your treasure is, your heart is. And God is saying, "I, I want your heart. You can trust me with your heart. So ultimately, when we look at this part, there's only one true treasure that's valuable. We see two treasures, but one treasure is the real deal, and that's Jesus. Let's go to the second part, where the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of delight. Full of light, not delight. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So it kind of seems like he switches topics here. But that's where we gotta look back and kind of flesh out the history in the text and we can see actually is continuing with the theme. Back then, by addressing the eye, It's the conduit to the inner person, as one scholar said. And so he's dealing with what you see, what you view, and it's connected. And in Jewish literature, the heart and the eye are connected. The heart, your inner center, your controlling device, your eye, what you view. They are, you can't disconnect. What your eye views is kind of what's gonna go into your heart. And so, Jesus uses the eye, it's in a metaphorical sense, by what you view lights up your inner person and your body. right? And so back then, he's on, he's on par, he's saying, the good eye can either mean these are two interpretations can either mean generous eye or a person who is ready to give away one's wealth. Or it can mean single in the sense of singleness of pers- person or undivided loyalty. And it's most likely the singleness of person, undivided loyalty. Where your attention is, your heart is. And so the heart is like where the treasury is, right? And Jesus indicates the I focuses on something of value. And hopefully that thing of value is God, the light, the true treasure. But when the eye doesn't focus on something good, something healthy, then the inner person is full of darkness. Then it's blinding, right? This is why when when your attention, when your focus is on the wrong treasure, it's like you're walking in the dark. It's never enough. And back then, the bad eye or the evil eye was, was pretty much, it, it, it connotated an envious eye, an unsatisfied eye, a greedy eye, right? That's what it meant in Jewish literature. It was a consuming eye, always comparing, always trying to, you know, one, one. this treasure didn't mean enough. I need another treasure. I need another treasure. It was, it was trying to find security and hope, trying to fill this voided hole that only God can fill. And so he's telling us, be singular. Have your attention on the heavenly treasure, on me. And your life and your inner life will be full of light and you can see, you can have clarity where you need to go. I mean, how many times has it been said, you know, even, even the, those that are wealthy, those that are millionaires, there's, there's, there's still millions out there that, that want to commit suicide, that are not happy with life, that life is not in the abundance of things. This is what Jesus told us. But I remember I used to say, I still want the million. <laughs> you know, let me try. Let me let me get that. Let me let me but you know, it's still temporary. We were at the uh, oh yeah, I'm sorry, I meant to shout out my man. You guys are in the midst of a, a walking warrior, my, my little brother and friend Robert Jackson. We were at the Hall of Science yesterday or the day before, and there's what's called the happiness experiment. And it's pretty cool, it's fun. And it had this uh, thing about um, lotto winners, right? And it says, lotto winners, the data shows in one to two years, their happiness as they had before the lotto returns in about one to two years, most times, right? And so think about that. How, how, how many millions of people are playing the lotto, thinking that their life will change, thinking that their happiness will change? And then two years, it goes back to where it was before. It might be even worse. Because <laughs> when you have more money, there you go. <laughs> more money, more problems. Biggie and mace. Right, it only amplifies. If you're lonely, you get more lonely because you're able to bring around you know, faker friends that don't really care for you. Right? If you're greedy, it only makes you more greedy. It, it amplifies the broken parts that are in us. And Jesus is keenly aware of this. He's keenly aware of what people are fighting and biting for and wars are going on for this money and killing themselves for what? Vanities of vanities. And so, we have to watch what our attention is and it will be a difference for us. Have the good eye. And so lastly, 24, we get to the climax here, where it says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So, up until this point, we've seen two treasures, we've seen two eyes, and now we see two masters. Jesus is brilliant in how he lays it out for us, right? And the word for master is curios. So, it, it has kind of a flexible range of what Jesus is trying to indicate from like a landowner or a master in a sense of teacher, student, disciple relationship. It can have it can have a different range. And Jesus is dealing with that relationship. And, and and Jesus is not giving us like a moral esteem or like he's just giving us facts about the pattern of what you can't and what you cannot do how you can't have undivided loyalties it doesn't work you cannot serve god and you cannot serve money at the same time now i think that many people tried to do that <laughs> they tried right but he, he's kind of giving us here the the it's master servant language he's, He's giving us a a picture of sort of like an employee or slave-servant relationship, you know? And so just think of trying having having two full-time jobs, (laughs) right? Having two full-time jobs, you cannot please both employers full-time, 24-7. You'll end up, hey, some of you are saying, I can't please one. But you can't please two for sure. You'll end up hating one and loving the other. And so Jesus is trying to get us to understand we are singular people. We we, we are not omnipresent. We do not have all energy and all power. There's only so much we can do. If if I'm going east, I got to go east. If I'm going west, I got to go west. If I'm going north, I got to go north. And it's the same with our security. It's the same with our value and our treasure and our light at the end of the day. And so Jesus is telling us, and he's speaking to the crowd, you can't serve God and money. Money has become people's God's. Money's connected to people's fantasies of security, of where it will take them in life. It's this promise that it gives you. But it's not real. And God and money have two different purposes. I'm talking about two masters here. One master is oppressive. And it will rule you. It will bring troubles to you. It will bring problems to you. And the other master is liberating. It will set you free. And so Jesus is getting at the heart of treasure. He says, do you have the treasure or does the treasure have you? Do do you have possessions or do your possessions have you? This is something that Jesus is asking people to take inventory of. Because the world, it still has this love for money. We still see it. It's still very heavy. Still a need. But Jesus is saying, there's there's a false check that it's trying to give you. And can you see it? I want us to reflect for a second of where our, where our heart is and the connection to our treasures. And, and here he, he is dealing with possessions, he is dealing with money. <clears throat> but again, that money comes in different forms. And money comes in different forms for us. What would it be like without money? What would it be like with too much money? Would you even know who you are? This is why it gets dangerous. And we have to find ourselves anchored in our Lord and Savior. And so as we think on these, I think we all know who we're supposed to trust. I think we all know who we're supposed to put our hope in, what we're supposed to value the most. For many of us, we heard this scripture before. If you didn't hear for the first time, you, you kind of, you still, under, if, if this was your first time, you still understand, you still have a moral compass of what's right and wrong and how you can better depend on God. You can sense the right things to trust or not, but it's still very hard and very tempting because on this earth, it's what we see. <laughs> when that bill is due, when the mortgage is due, when, when things are very shaky and, and you, get, you can be hungry, it's very difficult and very hard. When you can lose your home. And so this is real life that we're talking about here. And, and Jesus is not saying forsake everything and go live on the streets. But he's saying, well, can I be your security? Can I trust you? Can you maintain your integrity even when you're short? See, because that's, that's when it gets real. When we cut corners And I don't want you to necessarily reflect on this and beat yourself up today. We all have work to do. Yes, I want us to be honest, take inventory of the treasures of our heart and why they are. Take a look at our past. We just bring them up before God. Let God counsel you on those driving things that you've experienced from either your trauma or victories. But I want you to more so reflect And see how Jesus cares to protect you. To protect your heart and your soul. From the danger and from the perils and the things that would destroy us. This is how I see Jesus talking to us. To save us from a master that's trying to oppress us. Have you ever been in a moment where you didn't notice yourself? Where you did something outside of, like, wow, I thought I would never do that. I thought I wouldn't go this far. Those moments show us what's going on in our heart. And sometimes we can't even control it. And this is why Jesus esteems us, to store your most valuable, precious things in me. And it makes you singular. As the worship team can come forward, it makes you singular without a price tag. I want you to see Jesus giving you the keys to his home to store everything that matters. I want you to see your heart is safe with God, even no matter how many people betrayed you, hurt you, did all sorts of wrong. you can forgive them and forgive yourself. I want you to see how Jesus is giving our heart directions this morning, not to be lost or ran over. So don't let your reflection lead to criticism. Let it lead to joy for this opportunity. Jesus presents this opportunity for us. In a world driven by money, and all sorts of, the Bible says the love of money is the root of evil. Not, not money, but the love of money. It's, it's where the blind leads the blind. It's, where you can't recognize yourself. It's better to be poor in God than rich without God because God is the treasure. So if you're in a moment where, like I've been tempted to cut corners on something because it's a little bit tight, trust God, be patient, lean on him, allow him to come to your rescue, and and God can do it, God can do it in miracles, God can do it through community, but I'm just, I'm speaking to somebody today that feels like it's just hard, and I don't know what to do next. God be your security. This is just a moment. Never do something that can permanently damage you for a temporal thing. Because God is our treasure. And God is the only thing that helps us to stay standing. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy today. God, we surrender, Lord God, and ask that you forgive us of where we missed it, God. Where we placed our hope and security in our possessions and treasures more than you. Thank you for wanting to protect us this morning. Thank you for giving us the blueprint, giving us access, and for covering us and protecting us, God. Let our hearts be in you, Let our treasure be in you, let our eyes be on you, God, and let us serve you only. Thank you and love you, Lord God. Let your people know you cover them. Give them them little signs throughout the week of embracing them and hugging them.